is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. With the National Hockey League shut right down. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprio, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, all on board for the next two hours. We'll focus on... I don't know what we're going to focus on for the next two <laughs> yeah, hours. I was waiting with bated breath. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have? Well, I mean, there's no hockey. Did you see that China sent a balloon that's over the U.S. right now? Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving requested a trade. Okay. Um, how am I doing? Is it over yet? We got an hour and <laughs> 58 minutes to go. What else do you have? Uh, Weather we talk. Weather we talk. It's cold out. It is. It's really cold. And, and listen, there's probably people that are listening from Winnipeg be like, oh, this is just Tuesday afternoon in Winnipeg. It's actually really, really goddamn cold in I, Toronto today. So I, I heard the Chinese balloon was coming here, and then it got cold, and they went to Montana. Headed <laughs> yeah, south for the winter. It's going to be at the All-Star game now. Oh, my God. It is. It's cold. I'm wearing my, uh, you know, the thing, the sort of blanket that's your, shaped like a shirt. <laughs> your, your grandpa sweater? Yes, I am. So, oh, um... Any reports out of uh, Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale? How's it going down there? Well, we are going to catch up with a very good intrepid reporter who is boots on the ground in Fort Lauderdale. Our very own Gord Stellick is going to join us. In about, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, in about 19 minutes, but who's counting? So we'll get all the latest. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, on, on my way in, you're sorry to, yeah, go, to drive go, us go. off oh, we, course. We got all the time. Oh, drive us off course. You're making fun of this. My old man sweater here. I go to a store today, and the guy, you know, rings in my order. And he takes my number, and he goes, "Okay, uh, it's for Jason Bourne, right?" And I was like, "It's Justin Bourne, but I get it. Like the movies, Jason Bourne." He's like, "The movies." What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, Jason Bourne, like the Bourne movies. He's like, I've been like looking for some classics to watch. I'll check that out. Thanks for putting me on to the classics. <laughs> are the Bourne movies that old now? Yeah, Are they classics? They're well. Some, what's the first one? The Born, the Born Identity. Identity. He's got five of them out there. Does what he year not? do you think, think the Born so. Identity came out in? I want to say. I'm afraid to know 2002. Kipper, <laughs> that is exactly right. Twenty one oh, really years good. ago. Yeah, twenty one years. Let me tell you. Ago. And then the last one, 2014. What was it called? No, not that long. Born ago. Identity. No, I don't born know. Born Supremacy. Born Legacy. Supremacy. Was bo- no no born supremacy was two thousand four so that must have been the other one I don't know any of them born identity all the I know first one. is I was sitting in the movie theater Legacy. watching the previews for the next movies coming out and in full screen the word just came on the screen born and I was like oh god I'm in like the Truman Show <laughs> like the walls about to come down in here you thought you were getting proposed to or something <laughs> yeah, like I thought the lights are going to come good, on they're like, good movies they are I'm glad that my name is tied to one that I'm not embarrassed I about. did recommend to you you were down you mentioned Elvis yesterday I said you're gonna love it. I watched it last night. I did love it. I will say Tom Hanks didn't love the performance from Tom Hanks. Really? No. he As was the colonel? No, I think maybe, I don't know. He was just, I didn't quite believe him, but I thought Austin Butler's portrayal of Elvis was outstanding. Yes. I thought he really did a phenomenal job. So it's I, one of the best picture nominees. I've now seen four of them. So You said Banshee's really good. I'm going to check yeah. out Banshee. By yeah. the way, I just read a book called The Man, uh, the Man Called Ove. And it's uh, Tom Hanks is starring in a move, new movie called the Man, A Man Called Otto, like Otto. a remake of it. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks very Tom Hanks friendly. I don't know while we're doing movie hour over here. <laughs> <laughs> you, go. you haven't got a sense for off the rails Friday yet. You're getting a lot of this today. Well, we've gotten. I mean, I've put out a tweet with tons like 
it's just an interesting thing that, you know, questions, whatever you want. You want them to hockey, non-hockey. We'll take any kind yes. of questions. Yeah, and usually we leave that for the last 15 minutes but, on every Friday, but, but we're going to start now. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just it's so, sure. sort of an interesting point that we've talked about, Gary. We talk about the lack of movement. We talk about what fans love. I've gotten probably 10 or 11 replies with questions, which we will get to later. We will. But all of them, most of them, are about who's getting traded for who, what, like who's available, what would you trade for, what's your ideal scenario for the Leafs and trading. And it's like Gary has really, with the hard cap, sucked out a lot of the fun when it comes to player movement. And fans love player movement. It's an incredibly ex- – like Twitter is on fire because Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. Everybody's specul- speculating about him going to the Lakers, all these guys moving. How think? many times has he I done just, that in his uh, career? I think it's weekly. To be honest, I, it's hard to keep up with how many times he's done that. But it's just, it's fans love the player movement, and there's just so little of it. Yeah. I think there's a good case to be made that in the CBA, max length contract should be five years. You know, it'd be good for the players who, do, who you know, have a little more, their contracts would come up more often. They could get more paydays. A guy like Marchand wouldn't have got, you know, would have got paid, and McKinnon would have got paid sooner, and we'd see more more player movement. Yeah, I, I don't know if... Uh, you don't like the shorter... Well, I, well, am I an owner or am I a player? Right. Well, player. Right? Player, sometimes you think you fooled them long enough to get something, you're going to squeeze every last dollar out. Yeah. And we've seen guys' careers not match up to their salaries, and I think they're thankful that they were able to maybe get an extra year or two, oh, even yeah. if they're bought out or God, Louis sent Erickson. to the minors. He was getting money for right? a long time, wasn't he? What about Rick DiPietro? So, He's still getting paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would think that the players would be um, apprehensive to, to cut down a max yeah. eight or seven if you're a UFA going to another team. Yeah, I'd be entertained. That's all I got to say. The, the more, the better. So, uh, off the rails Friday means Doug McLean. Okay. Also from Florida. Yeah. Did he find his ticket last time he was on? He was looking for a single <laughs> ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You missed last a Friday. Ticket. Yeah. Last for Friday got For wild. the All-Star game. He's going? Well, he wasn't oh, going. Oh, he's trying he to get a ticket. For, a single somebody. ticket for a buddy like, he plays golf with? What, what kind of loser friend wants to go by himself? <laughs> and if you do, don't tell anyone, go buy a ticket. So, I assume it's not so heavily sold out you can't get in the building. Oh, I, I think it was sold out. I think. Well, they'd sell this out. Yeah, they would sell it out for they'd sure. They'd sell it out. They'd give tickets to, you know, Yeah, I don't think it's that hard of a sell in any market. You know, if, if you've got an NHL team there, you're going to be able to sell out any All-Star weekend. Yeah, they struggle in eh? Florida. Hard... Florida struggles attendance-wise yeah, when they're not but good. but I, I don't think it would have been a, a, a hard oh, issue. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... It would never get the attention of an NBA mm-hmm. kind of All Star Weekend, but I, I think I think for the most part, players, it's kind of a a, a spot where it's much like Vegas, right? Uh, friends and family want to go down to Miami for three or four days. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it's true. It's not the it's All-Star, not exactly a All Star in Minnesota. No, uh, I'll pass on this one. We had, we had the All Star Game here. What? four years ago or something for the NBA. Oh, yeah. And everyone, it was freezing cold that weekend. Everyone's like, never again. It was legitimately the coldest weekend that, that on record. Like, yeah. it was so cold. <laughs> and then the following weekend, it was legitimately like 15 degrees and sunny. <laughs> so they missed the wrong weekend. So Tough. 
We've been trying to figure out what the hell we were going to talk about. So I thought this was a natural kind of Let's look, have it, buddy. look. It's Hold a look on. back. What do, you, what, do you want, what do you want to do? I just want to say that Chris Cuthbert. Oh, yeah. Not forget uh, CeCe. Yeah. Our, uh, Second hour. Our number one promoter. And, CeCe. Uh, love. He'll love, be, love. He'll be calling uh, the NHL All-Star. Yeah. Festivities. Festivities for Sportsnet. So all three of our guests are in Florida while we're freezing our asses off here in Toronto. Yeah. That's just not right. It's but not right. The, the bad part is they have to work. It's true. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the Florida Panthers average attendance. Yeah. Uh, this year, is this from this season? It is 15,000. That seems high. It's from 2022. So, yeah, I mean, it uh, seems high. Anyways, let's uh, continue. That's, that's coming off a of president's trophy. Yeah. So, since we have nothing to talk about today, and it's a natural look back point, you're at the halfway point, quote unquote, over the halfway point, but when it's the all star game, you kind of look back at the start of this, uh, the first half of the season. So we thought we'd do some letter grades, some burning questions, if you yes. will, Kipper. And are they like David Amber burning questions, or are these ones good? <laughs> <laughs> no, David Amber is the man. I will say nothing bad about David Amber. But on the other night on TV, you guys did sort of grading out the least bottom six, the least top six, the mm-hmm. goaltending, the penalty kill, the power play. So we're going to go through all those and give each of those a grade to start the season. Okay. So at the All-Star break, what letter grade would you guys give the Leafs Top six. Kipper, you got a you got one for me? I'm I'm okay with the top six. Yeah, I I mean again, everything's unfortunately everything's up against the Boston Bruins. But yeah. if you just take away that Boston was the hottest team in history to or the fastest team right. to get eighty points, if you could just like forget about that, I, I think it's an A. I'm I'm much harder than uh, than you on that. I got a yeah. B minus. I had a C plus originally, but I've talked myself into a B Not minus a because B. they all stayed healthy. I mean, Matt, Matthews is way off his pace. He I won know. the Hart Trophy last year. I know. You know the TSN just had their top twenty five NHL or mid season poll or something like that, and he, they got him twenty third in the league this year. You know, as a guy, and I think Marner's a little below his scoring pace from last year. Nylander's a little above. Tavares is kind of same old. I, the, I don't know. I just expect a lot. The only thing, as far as Austin is concerned, is I have really on occasion Austin. told you I'm okay with him dropping yeah. 15, 20 goals if it means a better uh, a better 200 foot uh, yeah. or, or, or you spread it out a little bit more. You find a way to get... Uh, I, I think... Nylander's rise kind of balances yeah. out Austin okay. dropping. And Maybe I'm a little Austin, hard here. Austin still Call has a pretty good 200-foot game. He's still very good at takeaways. He still plays pretty hard in his own zone. He's blocking more shots, is he not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that side of the game has been a lot better from him. The The only thing that is concerning is that uh, they, the Leafs lean on them way too much. If, if Mitch even has an average game. Yeah. It, he has to be first or second star, third star yeah. for the Leafs to play consistently well. It's the way they're set up, and so there's a lot of pressure on them. And for you know, for his pace and Matthews' pace to be below the season before, kind of in their primes here, even though the team's done wonderfully, I just don't think they've been the brightest bright spot. I think they've been yeah good, but not yeah. blowing me away. And, and Tavares again. Model of consistency, and yeah. you know he can go through stretches where he disappears, but he'll get hot and he'll bring up his eighty points and eighty game average. Yeah, just like it doesn't matter. Right. 
Yeah. He's just going to find a way to, to, to chip away his points, and they may be streaky at times, but he, he, he is what he is. Yeah. All I, right. I'm giving, if I can get in here, of I'm, course, giving, I'm, give, I'm giving, I think, uh, a solid A for the top six. Yeah. Because I put this stat in the lineup going into the Boston Bruins game, uh, and I just dug it up here, and it was the percentage of goals that the the core four has scored for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah. the core four is, you can put them in the top six. I guess you include Bunting and Yarncroft, whoever's been in the top six, Kerfoot, whoever's kind of made their way in there, but I kind of consider it the core four. They have scored 92 of the 173 goals that the Toronto Maple Leafs have scored this year, which is 53.2%, which is up from 50% last year. Last year it was a exact even split between the core four and the rest of the team. And this year, uh, the secondary has scored 81 of the 173, and that was going into the Boston game. So I think that is great. For, it's great evidence. But it sh- I don't like it like that. <laughs> I don't think— you like, like it I, to be 48%? I, no, I just don't think—and I know it's an easy thing to say for a team that hasn't won anything, but I really, in my heart of hearts, don't believe you can win like that. Yeah, I, I think you can. You do? I do. I know it hasn't happened— but, you know, the greatest point of all is just that the power play hasn't come through. They've been so close, boys. Yeah, it's hard to just have a show and be like, it's like not. It's this or it's, it's that. It's or... the power play. Yeah. All right. So then that's a perfect uh, transition. The bottom six, fellas. Letter grid. I'm maybe more generous on this one. Yeah, I'm not. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I, uh, I, I mean, it's a B for me. I know that's, you know, they, they have some, they found some guys like, Holmberg didn't exist preseason. McMahon didn't exist. You know, I, I think Yarncroft has been fine. Kerfoot spent a lot of time down there. Engvall's starting. He's got 10 goals. He's starting to come a bit. Expectations, they're different for me than the top six. So, you know, the, even though I have them around the same letter grade, I want so much more from those top guys, and I expect so little of the bottom six. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give them a C. Okay. You're really unimpressed. Just Okay. Yeah. And not I'm, outward I'm, I'm bad. Not you sure. fail them. Uh, I mean, ever fail any classes? A, if you were in a foxhole, like, you know, which guys would you want on your, you know, helping you out? I'm assuming not the bottom six in your estimation. Just give me somebody. I'll take Wayne Simmons, but I know that's not what you're asking. So I, I understand. I would that's definitely not. take Wayne Simmons. <laughs> we're, we're talking I, I about a point. guy that everybody thought his career was over yeah. three months ago. And, and I don't I, know what he's played, 14 I, I, games or something? In all honesty, I exclude Wayne Simmons out of this even He's like the 13th forward, 14th he's, forward. No, he's, he's not fair. in the bottom six. He, he's, he's been you know, through waivers a couple times. Yeah. We think he's done. They call him up. They set, He disappears for two or three weeks. I don't even have him right now. The bottom six is as like a guy. Zach Aston Reese, David Kampf. And it's some sort of mix of Hunt and Abe Kubel, and they've struggled. Yeah, it, but the call ups have been better Kemp, for me. Kemp, for the most part, is I think I'm okay with him. I think I can win. He's at least I, a B. I, I, I think I can win with him. Yeah. And but I will say this: Boston chasing down uh, Greer. And yeah, then it's a bad play. letting go of his stick. When did this become a thing, by the way? Just What's haul that? him down. Right? Don't let him Guys shoot. Guys are so the... scared when they're, uh, you know, fishing for pucks yeah. that they actually let go of their stick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're watching it and going, 
You're already getting the penalty. No, take the penalty. Yeah. I don't think he was taking a penalty. I think he just felt like he was about to, mm-hmm. so he let go of his stick, and I'm like, and and give him that free shot? Yeah, yeah just haul him down. Take the penalty. Like, w- stop stop letting, letting go of your stick so you can avoid a two-minute call. Yeah, I get that. It's, it is a tough spot, right? Like, it's A.J. Greer. It's not David Pasternak. Like, that's pasta. I'm well, like, hook him in the ankles. Well, like, I mean, he's, he's a guy in the NHL from the top of the circle. Even, even if you tripped him, it's a good penalty. Yeah. That's a great A chance, yeah. and he buried it. But, hey, listen, if that's the only fault I can find in a year and a half on yeah. David Camp, uh, he's, doing, he's doing real well. Right. But as far as the bottom six, as just give me somebody that, that – I, I feel like I, he's ready to fight the fight. Yeah. What the fights, you know, like Kemp's not going to do that, but he's a good bottom six player. and um, uh, He'll battle. I think Kemp will battle. Yeah. There's guys that I question on, and, and I like Engvall. Mm-hmm. If, if, I had a, if I had the right team around Engvall, I can get away with. You can have one we, Engvall. I can, you can have one. You can have two. Yeah. But you just can't, can't have. have. Seven. <laughs> yeah. You can't have exclusively Engvalls. <laughs> you can't have your whole bottom six yeah. pretty much Engvalls. It's He's going to make a lot of money. Oh, watching be- some of the, the plays he makes this year. If you took a, a best of Engvall from the year and took his eight Listen. best plays, I mean, he'd look as good as anyone in the league. How many guys 6'5 can skate like that? Carry like the pocket, gonna, shoot it. He's going to make three-plus million next year on a long-term deal. Somebody's going to give it to him. Who? God, Engvall. Crazy. No, I know. I know. Who? Can He's I just say give that? Him, uh, Anaheim. Uh, like a crappy Columbus. Team. Yeah. Oilers, Vancouver. McKay of Vancouver last year. Yeah, McKay was better than Pierre Engvall. Uh, he probably. Is, he, yes, he, he had a better year last year. But Engvall's, listen, Engvall's going to end up scoring 15 goals, 20 yeah. goals. You know, some of the guys on and, the Marlies have called Engvall Zoolander when he was there because he doesn't really <laughs> process. He's just, what did you say? He can still play. 15 minutes a night. He has so he could, many talents. He could kill penalties. He's played back half of the power play. Yeah. And he's showed a recent run of shooting the puck. Yeah. Boys, that's $3 million all day long in this league now. Well, you can go play with Kyrie somewhere else. Yeah. So <laughs> outside of that, Holmberg, you're asking him to now step in and be a, con- uh, a, a key contributor to winning a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Big ask. I'm, uh, I'm saying D plus, boys. You know, D plus, D not plus. a bottom six guy. I whine about it every show I ever do on any platform about the bottom six. I, I can't give them a good grade. It's just they're not getting nearly enough. They, yeah. they're, when they go up against a good team, i.e., Tampa, Boston, their bottom six gets caved in every time. All right. It's yeah. just the big Listen, games, they're no good. I, I went average. I'm finding it hard for a team that has a record of 31, 13, and 8. To, to give anybody, like, Ds. I know, I know. I, I did. Know. I, 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 I did it, some fired it off on a cold well, that's day. like we're about to do decor, and for me, you know, like, it's been a good year. They're, they haven't given up a ton. They've had a lot of success. Sandine and Lilligren have taken steps. I, like, a B again? A B? B plus. By the way, I have an article coming out today on sportsnet.ca on how they can't stop the cycle lately. The last five games, they've been giving up, like, Way more chances in their own D zone than they have the previous part of the year. They're starting to get sloppy there. Anyway. And you know why? I don't. They're just not physical. Yeah. They're you think it's big. getting more physical or they're they've been playing big. more physical teams? They're not big. They're not, uh, they're not 
could be Big, something to that. Heavy guys. They've played the Capitals, the Islanders, the Bruins. Like, they've played some bigger teams. Yeah. Related. Well, I guess got to call, call Gordo here. Uh, Ottawa and the Rangers, the other two teams in the last five, are fourth and fifth in hitting in the NHL this year. Like, they're physical teams, even if they're not huge teams. So, that, that could be related. B for the decor? Or a B for the decor? Yeah, I'm okay the with the I'm okay with the uh, lost B minus. <laughs> okay, they. I think it's a better grade without Morgan Riley. Okay, I'm going to call Gord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, the one thing that this is a a team that's knocking on the door, but can they get in on a real? A real uh, conversation of contending for a Stanley Cup if Morgan Riley is just what he presents now. No, like, there's he not needs a chance. to be the best version of himself. Like it's, but which he, is a very good not, not even close to what you know you expect out of yeah. Morgan Riley right now. He's supposed to lead this core blue line. He's supposed to be what Josh Morrissey is right now to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and you'll see in my article he's, he's been struggling in, in the D zone like. You know, he's starting to shoot the puck more on the offensive end, which is good. He scored a goal. But it's still, he leaves you wanting in the D zone. You know, this is a team that breaks the puck out well, and they just haven't lately. Is it it a processing issue with him sometimes? He's not reading. He's not reading. I think the processing is fine, but he's thinking about offensive processing. He's, He's not considering D as a priority. All right. We're going down to Florida with a gentleman who's. Calling the NHL All-Star Game. Sick. I'm right? so excited about that. Like, this that. is huge stuff. Career break for Gord. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Gord, where, where does, like, passing suntan lotion to Steve Coolius on the beach at the NHL All-Star Game rank for greatest career moments for you? Well, uh, hey, good afternoon, uh, Justin and Cool. Well, before that, it was, excuse me, a kiffer. Uh, by the way, Coolius did uh, tweet out a picture of him jogging with his shirt off, if you want to catch it, um, just uh, to get a, he's, he's full in. Kipper, I, I think it was how many years ago that you and I and everybody got their picture taken with the Mary Tyler Moore statue in, uh, in Minnesota? That's my last All-Star game in Minneapolis. <laughs> and so that was my thrill. That was my thrill up till then. And God, it was cold back then, and it is so warm now. So I got to tell you, I am really, really uh, thrilled to be back in the mix of things. So look at all getting aside. So, you know, looking forward to be doing, doing the color. And it's been fun just seeing people. So, but the biggest thrill right now is just the last two minutes being on your show. Didn't you um... – also get frisked at uh, at uh, airport security where they actually made you pull your pants down. Okay, I don't say pull your pants down. You need That's to pay not extra for that. No, you know, Kipper. If you remember, a couple of things happened in Minneapolis, and I don't, you know, I don't mean to be personal, but a couple of days earlier, I happened to get snipped to make sure I could not procreate anymore. <laughs> and you and you warned me on the flight of the consequences, and I'm going, oh, Kipper, what do you what do you know? And then as soon as we got to the hotel. Most people grabbing ice for drinks, and I was grabbing ice for another reason. <laughs> so you were right about that. And then, then, and then at the airport, you pulled out your camera when, yeah, the guy. Uh, oh, I had it all on video, eh? That was when you. Somewhere, yeah. Now you get arrested, eh, if you pull out your camera at security and start yeah, filming? Probably, well, yeah. probably. And, and uh, the thing was, I had, a, I had a hip replacement a lot of years ago, which has been phenomenal. 
But um, yeah, when 9/11 hit, it's 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 a big pain now. Uh, always going through. So yeah, yeah, Kipper, you're yeah you. It's like, don't you remember the hockey and the fun times? You remember all the other stuff? Me dropping my pants again, Fritz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We're joined by Gord Stellick, who's giving us his medical records since the age of 17 <laughs> <laughs> down at the uh, NHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, Gord, uh, how was media? Uh, did, were the guys were set up on, on the beach? Uh, did you get a chance to move around, talk to all these guys? Uh, um, like, Give us the, the scoop on that. Uh, uh, Gord got eaten by a shark. He's in the ocean right now. George, uh, Gord went to go ice his balls. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Um, I had that process uh, completed last year. Oh, and when you go talking to the doc. They um, they said there's a huge spike in the amount of men who do it in April and May because of the Masters and March Madness. Or sorry, March and April. And everyone, like, it's like a great time to sit on the couch for a week. Stop So, it. guys, there's a huge, like, rise in vasectomies in March and April. And that's why I got it done Masters week. So, like, <laughs> sorry, honey, can't help this week. I'm, I'm watching golf. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe there's data TMI on that. day today. On uh, there's actual data on that. Yes, that's my doc told me. Okay, anyway. um, Sammy's trying. He's giving him a call back. You want to talk about any of your personal you, health you, issues? You, you ever you, get your tonsils you think out? He was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think he was okay with uh, sharing all that information? Maybe <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, he does. He seemed very. Yeah, he's fine. We got him back. Oh, hold on. Sammy's scrambling right now. Scram McKee. There you go. Scramble. What happened? We, we, we said you're going to the ice machine. Give me about the, I said they brought all kinds of players. There's a, the, the backdrop setting and for, you could have used ice out there actually uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale by the ocean. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't just guys were in a really good mood. It's a great setting. And you know, really it's the first time in three years you'd have like a, you know, full on, no lockdowns in all vicinities and that. So, yeah, all kinds of players like Dylan Larkin talked about how he wants to be a, a Red Wing. You know, we talked about his contract situation mm. and uh, Johnny Goodrow talked about things. Just, you know, glad he, he wished the Calgary visit was earlier in the season, but just getting those kind of things out of the way. Kevin Fiala has got a bunch of gutty buddies from the old country over and they're having a blast this weekend and on and on and on. Right into Sidney Crosby and the uh, he was with some family members, like very, very low key. Uh, nondescript, just having like at the Marriott coffee shop lunch and that. So it's it, it's just great to get out and see people. And, you know, it, uh, the hockey players, just always great athletes, uh, you know, very accommodating. And it's not a side we see often being able to chat with them for about 10 minutes about, you know, just stuff, a lot of stuff. Is it a weekend, Gord, where, uh, you know, there's, there's a good enough buzz where you can actually uh, question why on many nights the building's been half empty for the Florida Panthers? Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard to gauge. Not, I mean, there's all star buzz here, but is there Panther buzz normally? I don't, you know, that that's the thing. It's it's uh, I, you know, it's funny. We're setting up there, and I see the the first draft ever. There's Ed Jovanovski, and they got the trio of Bill Torrey, Bobby Clark, and Roger Nielsen, right? And and those were the guys that took them to the final. Was a year two or three? I mean, Doug McLean got involved as well. So you know, you, uh, just real sentimental memories. But yeah, Kipper, it, and, and it's never never really taken off, you know, and, and here they got a great product. I know they're struggling a bit this year. So I don't know if this is something a weekend like this, does this get you more sustainability? Do people come and come to more games? I don't know. So I, I can't 
you know, there, there's obviously excitement about the weekend, but I can't say there's a buzz about the Panthers one way or another. Gord, how has the meaning of the All-Star game changed over the years you've been involved in the NHL? Like, I just, I saw Ray Bork the other day. He, he made 19 All-Star games over his career. And to me, that's like, that's a, an accomplishment. What an honor. And it, it tells you a lot. But Crosby's been to like nine because there hasn't been three or four during his time. And it's gotten tougher to measure guys by All-Star appearances. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, um, it used to have a bit more bite. I remember Wendell as a rookie or second year that he actually had a pretty good hit in his game. They were playing in Hartford and they had Wendell Clark and they, they kind of told him, hey, lay off a little bit. We don't do, we don't do that so much in the game. So, uh, you know, a big part used to be you won that car. There was that car to the MVP of the game. Right. Uh, I think sport, I think sport magazine sponsored it. And, uh, and it, and it used to be, you know, Justin just in and out. You had something the night before, and then you know, then you were gone. I mean, you know, guys like Kipper probably you, you just you didn't go anywhere. You probably just stayed somewhere close for two or three days off if you weren't at the All Star game. So it's it's yeah, it it I, I don't know. Like at one point, was there an East West bite a bit, a little bit with the expansion teams when they went from six to twelve? But it, it got there's sometimes when it's been a bit of a joke the way the game's actually gone. And the last time was when it was in Columbus when it was you know regular six on six and. I think right now this particular system works, and I think it's just once once the skills got going and they've kind of made it a you know a corporate schmooze fest about partners and things like that. I, I think it's just sort of turned into a um, a more fun weekend, you know, than a landmark actual on ice event. So with Ray Bork, it was like wow, nineteen All Stars, you're really good, and now it's like oh, you're an NHL All Star, you're really popular on Instagram. <laughs> right well so and, yeah and the uh, yeah and the other thing kipper you, you know you would have been um just when it started is these weeks off now it, it changes it like you've got a chance to go away for a week if you're not at the all-star game where you know in ray bork's era all, all 19 and uh I, I i chuckle when you when you say that because yeah it was funny defensemen in particular you know it was the same group all the time whether it's pronger lidstrom bork stevens pot that I don't you know and now now part of it I think Kipper there's so many there are so many great young defensemen to consider along with the, the veterans but yeah they 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 got the fan voting back in and I mean that's just the way of the world nowadays and you know that's part of it whether you like it or not I would think that there's even more pressure now on the guys than in any previous all-star games even when they were competitive like right now you're asking the guys tonight on Friday to become performers, entertainers, like we're, some of the things that we've seen over the years. And then there's Jack Hughes uh, doing a magician act. And now you're choreographing things and you need costume designers and you need props. And it's like, <laughs> like you don't want to go up there and, and, you know, have those cringe moments and, you know, disappoint people either because you'll get completely carved up on the internet and it's like you know do the guys enjoy this are they welcoming it or have we got the right guys to go out there and pull this off year after year these these little shows you know kipper you bring up a good point i don't they don't feel i think there's a competitiveness to the game and obviously there is but they do feel pressure for the skills they oh, do you're right i'm telling yeah, you they do i talked to time. them we're talking yeah yeah also and all nobody wants players. to be embarrassed totally Totally, totally, totally. That is the big thing. And yeah, so so all of a sudden, say you're doing the fastest skater, like we talked to Dylan Larkin about it. Well, he's a real fast skater. All of them in it are, but they don't practice it like 100. It's like a 100 meter dash all of a sudden one day. It's almost like you should be practicing like it's the Olympic gold medal, but that's not what you do normally, right? 
And uh, and so, you know, he, he mentioned there was some of them that probably got some extra practice in. But I think tonight would be the night that actually guys, even though they laugh and it's fun, are, are feeling more pressure, way more pressure than the actual game tomorrow. So what is your role? Are you actually doing color for the game then, Gord? Uh, yeah, concise, incisive color commentary from a broadcast legend. I think that's how it's being billed. <laughs> is that, am I wrong? No, am I wrong? But that's yes, how uh, we're selling it. Um, yeah, Steve Coolius is doing play-by-play, and Scott Lachlan, uh, you know, is doing uh, ringside and all that, and I'm doing color commentary, which uh, which I look forward to. It's been part of – I think I've done everything at some point, but uh, I'm looking for. I really enjoy doing color, so – uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Have you handicapped it at all? Who is there a favorite uh, division? Um, are there, is there still the Norris and Smythe? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, now. Go Wales Conference. I, I think I'm not I'm not big on research. I, I, <laughs> I, I you know, but the other part is it's three on three because I, I talked to some of the guys about it. But it's three on three like you like you're playing shinny. You're not trying to get just the one goal, so you're not gonna. Yeah, you know, take the puck and try to keep possession for a buck and a half, right? Even if you don't, you know, never give up possession to try to get that one scoring chance, good scoring yeah. chance. So, you know, the puck drops, and if you get scored against, it's it's not a big deal. You just got to go out and try to, you know, score the next two or three. So, uh, it's uh, it, it it you know, it's kind of kind of fun that way because there's to me there's an element of a backyard rink feel to it, you know. Okay, so. Uh, just so I'm clear here, Sportsnet's doing it in Canada, and it's ESPN in the states. And what are you guys doing it for exactly? For who? Like, am I going to watch you on the side of our building? Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, we're on we're on cable ten, and I think if you get past Gerard, uh, the signal starts to weaken. (laughs) So if you get friends to move, you know, like south, uh, yeah. So anyway, we're doing it now. uh, Yeah, we're doing we're doing Sirius XM. NHL network radio, but a lot of stations are picking up. Like we're the coverage. So, uh, and I believe I, it's on the fan on this a, weekend. It's, it's on, on the, the fan. It's oh, on, okay. on the fan. So no television, yeah. right? No, 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 te- no radio. television. Uh, that's why I've, ever since I let my appearance go, I can't, I'm not okay. on TV okay. so much I'm anymore. Sorry. So I, I thought maybe yeah, it was like yeah. an international feed or something. <laughs> well, it could be. What do you mean? Uh, USA to Canada worldwide. Uh, you know, satellite radio well, is thought, worldwide. Kipper, yeah, so you're not wrong. There's an NHL international feed too, right? Um, I'll go. I'll knock on one of the doors and say Kipper wants to know who's. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> okay. Like, what's that? What you're okay, going to watch just, tonight? I'm, you're going to switch I'd the international feed in Swedish. I'm going to okay, listen good. to well, you then, tonight. We're on the fan. We're on the fan. And your buddy Coolius. Awesome. And Scott Lachlan. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, we're looking forward to that. And you guys, uh, you guys are great. Um, and you're, you're going to do a great job. No question. That's all well, I appreciate to that. Appreciate it's that. Not even a question. <laughs> you, Gord, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> is Kippy reading from a teleprompter there? Is he reading from a teleprompter that sincere uh, best wishes? <laughs> I'm Nick Kiprios. What else you got for us down there? Is, uh, are, are guys talking about uh, 30 days away from a trade deadline? Uh, I mean, people talking about Bo Horvat? Yeah, you know, a little bit about that, you know, and like, you know, you talk to a guy like Kevin Hayes and, you know, he knows, he heard the talk, you know, and he thinks he, he actually kind of kidded. I got a pretty good contract, which probably makes it tough. Everybody in the East, which is so jammed now, and now the Islanders who have been kind of sliding, you know, just said, okay, Bo Horvat, that makes it serious again. And obviously everyone thinks, I mean, Lou obviously did this thinking, knowing, knowing, what, which I, knowing, knowing that, uh, what are you doing? I said Coolius, you. Coolius opens the door here to make, make sure to mention him. Gosh. Okay. Anyway, he, uh, he says. Uh, he sounds as secure uh, as he, ever. I got to say, holy mackerel. Anyway, he said, uh, you know, talking about 
just different deals in that regard. But also, there's got to be a contract in the offing for Bo. With you know, you guys have talked about no, like there's there's no such thing as tampering, but there's nudge nudge, wink wink, circuitous, whatever, getting the facts out there. And then um, yeah, so it's interesting. We got a great playoff races too, so that's good. That's that's intriguing. And then and then of course you get Strom signing. You, you wonder why Chicago? Why didn't Chicago keep Dylan Strom? Guys, like you know, he's a restricted free agent. It was a reasonable one-year contract. They could have kept him another year, like like Washington did. Anyway, stuff like that. Right. All right, Gord. Well, yeah, we we're appreciate you go. giving us some time, buddy. We needed you today, and you were there for us. Well, I appreciate. It. I'm just going to draw a, a sign saying "Please knock" and put it on, on the outside door here. Uh, anyway, Any, anything. <laughs> and, uh, Anything you can ice down between now and your call tonight? No, I'm all good. And, and the surgery work, Kipper. It's all, it's all, here we are. Like, whatever years later. And uh, let's go find that picture of all, all of us by the Mary Tyler Moore statue where she threw her hat uh, to kick off that show. That's our last time together at an All-Star game. Well, uh, what's that opening line? Who can make the world uh, turn with a smile? Who can, turn the world, who can turn the world on with a smile, Kipper? You can, Gord. You can. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks, Gord. Okay. See you guys. Well, we'll look forward to being on the fan tonight. See you guys. See ya. Okay, bye. Oh, I was going to tell him, don't drive home in a golf cart. Oh. How about that story? Yeah. Andrew Burnett, Burnett yeah. um, was uh, arrested on the suspicion of a DUI. Yeah. But it was a golf cart. I know. I was surprised to learn the same rules apply. Apparently, I, I don't. Like, I, I, it, I guess it's machinery, right? And you're not. Don't 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 handle any machinery no. when you've been drinking. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the details of that case. So I mean, hopefully that is not what it sounds like. Well, it does sound like you got in a car or a, a golf cart and started yeah, driving I just, home. I just. I don't know if it's the same as driving an actual car. Like, like obviously it, it is. If you got dinged, it was, uh, it's the same. I mean, if I if what, I ripped, what if vessel I ripped, does listen, it change? If I ripped down Bloor Street, loaded on my bike, and somebody I ran into somebody, and then the cops pulled me over, they'd probably give me a DUI on my bike. DUI the same as if you're driving. Yeah, you're a operating. You're it's operating awful. a. You're operating a vehicle. Wow. Right. I don't know. It's machinery might be. It's term. a golf cart. You can hurt somebody with a golf oh, cart. Oh, I know hammered. you can, and it's serious. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, oh, we're gonna ask Doug McLean. He's coming up after the break. Like, like are people driving around in golf carts? Like their cars? Yes. In Florida? Oh, you're, you're God! You're not allowed yeah. to do that in Toronto. You cannot no. take a golf Listen, cart. Can I? Try and I, I live by a golf course. Yeah. Right. And that was my dream, is to buy a golf cart. And they, the golf course, uh, Rosedale said, no, 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 you're not doing that. I think you can get, like, license plates for them to make them road In legal. Toronto? No. Well, there's some golf courses that have holes on the other side of a road well, that need to yeah, be insured that's, that's so they can drive across different. the road. Though They need, like, actual car insurance. Like in, with- in Florida, you can literally, like, drive to Publix and get a sub in a golf cart. I don't, that, that's like, what do you got? Uh, you got like uh, parking spots shaped for golf carts no, now you everywhere. Just, I, listen, the differences I've in been rules. Been a few times. I'm not. I haven't seen too many golf carts what, on. When you you're know, on, it's a little different. On 75. It's a bit different on South Beach, Kipper, and you know Sarasota. It's like it's a different scenario. I don't Kipper know. Wants a golf cart on the Autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> my dream is to get into my garage and just go to the first tee. Yeah, it sounds nice. It, on, my on yeah. like a golf cart. Yes. Oh yeah. God, yeah. You got those like retirement places in oh, Arizona yeah. where you know everyone's out like their garage like, has a, a cart mini in it. fridge. You got oh, yeah. a stereo. 
Got to be careful, apparently. Yeah, don't get loaded and do it. Yeah, brutal. Um, we got a question from one of our tweets that says, when are you guys going to film a golf match between Kipper and Bourne for content? When I mean, are we going to do that? My only concern is making it look like we're copying Spit and Chicklets because we, we do have fun on the golf course, and we're all in a cluster talent-wise. You guys got to give me three strokes each. Not in a million me? years would I give you six. <laughs> I'm a 10 ca- cap. You guys are like six or seven. And you just got, you just came back like a week ago from a golf no, I was horrible trip. on that trip. I was, I've only broke 90 once. You guys, you guys are what? better golfers than me. You got to give me a couple strokes for doing a, a match. What's your low round ever? 75 with Kipper. And you think you're going to get shots? Yeah. You shot 75 with Kipper? I did. When we played at that, I forgot that course up north or whatever. But it was my first day with the new clubs. And it was like, um, what's the placebo effect? Yeah. And I just couldn't hit a bad one. I, e- I had an eagle. I think I had two or three birdies. I was on fire that day. We were in Aurora. Were we what not? the hell was that course called? I forget. What's your low? Uh, 74. Yeah. You? You. I got two 70s. One of my, wow. one of my 70s, I tripled 18. Oh my God. That's disgusting. I made Are seven, sh- I made seven Are birdies. Pooping me. I poop. Yes. I am. <laughs> oh. I'm not. Poop. I know. So I know. devastating. We'll get a, we'll get sports on that. If anyone's listening that free content. Oh no, maybe not free with Kipper involved. Maybe not free, but, uh, we'll go out and play golf. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Off the Rails Friday continues with Doug McLean, former NHL president, GM, head coach. We're going to get his all-star experience with the likes of Gretzky and Lemieux. Beautiful. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye. We're back after this. Bye. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, this is the part of the show where we're not responsible for anything this guy says in the next, what, 10, 12 minutes. I like to think I'm not responsible for anything he says ever. Let's bring in Doug McLean, former NHL president, general manager, head coach. You know, uh, Doug, when I first heard that a former Florida Panther coach was arrested on suspicious of driving a golf cart under the influence and then taken to county jail, I thought it was you. Yeah. Well... Interestingly enough, a guy that lives in my building here said he almost threw up his breakfast when he saw the headline because he was sure it was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were, we, we had a little they, bit. He said, "Well," and he said, "Well, the guy that was charged even looks like you because they showed his picture, the mug shot they took in the jail, and you know it wasn't a good looking." It wasn't a good-looking shot of uh, of our poor friend Andrew, you know. So, and you know what? You know me, Kipper. Come on. If I'm getting charged with impaired, I'm driving my Porsche, not a goddamn golf <laughs> okay, cart. Listen, come on. Okay, we we were talking earlier. Like, is this a thing in Florida? Driving a golf cart out at night uh, socially to go to bars or restaurants or, you know, just run errands? A lot of people have them, and they, they're licensed. 
So you buy these bigger golf carts or club carts. I see them, you know, lots with them on it. And they're, they're bigger than the typical golf cart, obviously four, six seats and a ton of families use them, you know, whether to go to the beach or go just to jig around town. See, I don't think you're allowed and that it here. Me off, no. And it caught me off guard because they're licensed and I, you know, it's, it's pretty bizarre. So it, you know, it didn't really catch me off guard that, that he was, that he was driving. And I guess running stoplights with them is not really a good idea, even if you're sober. Um, but I, I feel bad. I mean, look, uh, Andrew Burnett's a good guy. And I, I just, I, I feel bad for him. Well, but, I mean, you know, he, he, he wasn't hurt. Yeah, Nobody was hurt. All... But you know what? We, we all know the seriousness. Yes. Of, correct. Of, impaired driving and it's not a wise thing to do no. and I, I yeah, yeah I feel bad for him but yeah, I don't empathize with anybody that does it I'm sorry you, you got to know better now would you need Simple a that would you need a license for your mobility scooter <laughs> <laughs> no I, I don't need a license for okay. that I can just go All right, I'm just I'm checking going. I'm just checking <laughs> <laughs> All right, go you ask know, him a hockey question. Really bad. You know what? You should feel really bad because you know, I'm sure, that my father was in a wheelchair. Oh, gosh. And don't do this to me, every please. Time, every, time, every time I would go with my mother for a walk and she'd see this guy pull up in the parking spot and stick his handicapped sticker in his windshield and then jog across the street, she used to just scream at him. So, well, with good reason. Know, so it's a very sensitive issue you were saying about my mobility scooter. You know, Jamie, get in here and say well, this. I, I can't help. The last 25 years of his life. All I can say is my brother anyway. is in a wheelchair, and I have been in fist fights over people oh, in parking have. spots. Oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Mm. I, it's it's upsetting. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, is upsetting, He's yeah. Certain, there's a guy here in Toronto that parts his little uh, Porsche. <laughs> I think it is, sorry, Doug, but in a spot all the time who I've had it out with. Okay, yeah, yes. last rude. time you were, last time, that, boy, they're rude people. Last time you were on the show, you were looking for a single ticket for your golf buddy to the NHL All Star Weekend. Did you find one? No, because I I was told that there was only one ticket that you bought a ticket, and it was for both. And so I used that as my excuse when I went to play golf on uh, on Sunday that. Um, you know, I I could or Wednesday that I, I look it was it was too crazy because it was a ticket for the game and the skills competition. He said, "Oh, well, well oh, that's fine, Doug. Don't worry about it." So I got off the hook. You know what? I could have phoned my buddy Randy Moeller, who by the way works for the Panthers, vice president of media, does their color, fabulous guy, Randy. And I I uh, feel kind of bad every time I phone him for a ticket because I cut him and ended basically ended his career with the Panthers, but he's, he's a great guy and he helps me out usually uh, for tickets, but I didn't want to bother them. This is a big event down here and it's really going, seems to be going over pretty big. Good. It's great. Doug, I'm looking at our lineup today uh, for our interview with you. And the one thing is Doug McLean's all-star experience. And I, I wanted to get your, your take on the NHL all-star game. Your thought is it something you enjoy? Have you been involved? I, I was uh, I was really fortunate in my first year coaching in the NHL. I was the All Star coach, and um, awesome. in the in my second in my second year coaching the NHL, 
I was the all-star coach. So back-to-back years. And I've got some unbelievable fond memories uh, of it. And I, and I think the fondest of it, of all, was that after the second period, the first year it was in Boston, and it was an un- – Ray Bork was on our team, and it was an unbelievable game. And it ended up, I believe it was 4-3, with Bork scoring the winning goal with like 50 seconds left in the game in Boston. And it was just an amazing end. But I'll never forget after the second period – it was a tough, hard-fought game, and I walked down the bench to Lindy Ruff, who was my assistant coach. I said, Lindy, hammer lick is brutal. He's awful. Don't play him the rest of the game. <laughs> so we benched, we benched Hammerlick. Lindy looked at me and said, you're not serious. I said, I'm serious, Lindy. If we win this game, we get 10000 bucks each. If we lose the game, we get nothing. Hammerlick sits the rest of the game. Then I looked at poor Craig McTavish, poor Craig McTavish. At that time, we had an honorary captain that played on the team, and that year it was Craig McTavish, and I had four lines and Craig McTavish. And I leaned down to Craig. I said, Craig, it's too hard trying to fit you in on the lines. I'm going to sit you the rest of the game, too. So I (laughs) – So anyway. Benched in an all-star game. I'll never forget, uh, you know, I'd, I walked in after the second period and the boys were, you know, they have, it's kind of a fun event. I said, boys, here's the deal. You guys don't want to play? You don't want to play. That's fine. You want to just come and party for the weekend. That's great with you. I want to win the game. I'm going to win the game because it's ten grand to me. So if you don't want to play hard, you're not going to play. Simple as that. They thought I was crazy, but, you know, we ended up winning, so it was good. Paid for a scooter today. That's right. <laughs> but I got the best story. I, listen, this is this is this is a story, and Kippy's heard this story a hundred times. But I got to tell you, it, this tells you all you need to know about NHL players. So Clark comes with me to the All Star Game in San Jose. That's the next year. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was on the team, and my son Clark was nine, and Wayne Gretzky was on the team. I phone, and he had a Clark had this amazing stick collection. In uh, you know where he had Fedorov and Eiserman and Lindros and Lemieux, all but he didn't have a Gretzky Silver Easton. And so I phoned Mike Burnett. And I said, "Look, Wayne's coming to the All-Star Game. Is there any way you could get Clark a stick for Wayne from Wayne?" So Wayne shows up. I'm sitting in the office. Wayne comes in the office with Mike and his agent, and Clark's in the office in the dressing room with me. Gives him the stick, signs it right away. Get hey, Clark, here's your stick. Clark just about fainted meeting Wayne Gretzky. So that was fine. Clark's a stick boy for the weekend. Come on the bench for me. Come on the bench with me as a stick boy during the game. It was a highlight of one of the greatest highlights of my life. Have him on the bench. After the game, after the game, Wayne Gretzky calls Clark over in the dressing room and said, hey, Clark, you you were really great helping out. I really appreciate all the help you gave us. Takes off his game-worn jersey, signs it, to Clark, your friend Wayne Gretzky, wow. and gives him his game, gives him his game worn jersey. Tell me who would ever think to do that, or who would ever do that, except Wayne Gretzky. So I meet Wayne about three or four years later in Columbus, the opening of a huge event in Columbus, Easton Project, it was called, and Wayne was there with the uh, you know the limited people, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was with him, and I meet, I'm there at the event, and. Uh, he, I go over to him more time. I say, Wayne, I can't believe what you did for Clark three years. So year, years ago, you gave him that jersey. And he said, well, Doug, he said, I really, I really, really hope he's enjoying it because uh, I'm still in with the NHL for giving it to him. 
Oh, I'm oh, sure. Really? Yeah. That's a big deal, that jersey. But, but imagine doing What do you think it's worth today? And we, Not nothing. Well, because it's got... It, it, well, it's, it's, it's personalized. Got, it's personalized to Clark. But you wouldn't believe the number of people that... If, like Clark has it in his cottage and PEI on the wall. I mean, it's just so cool. The Wayne Gretzky's all-star jersey. I mean, it's just... It, it's, it's mind-boggling, you know? So... I think uh, you know that's uh, that's that's it was a great story because Wayne I've always respected him so much and and uh, for him to do that for a kid it was just my, and Clark will never forget he was nine and he he will never forget that event so the All Star game was uh, was great I'll never forget we're walking out of the rink in San Jose when when Clark's got his jersey wearing Wayne Gretzky's jersey out of the rink and. Ron Joyce, the uh, former, you know, the owner of Tim Hortons and Wendy's or Tim Hortons, whatever he was involved in. And Ron was a minority owner of Calgary. And he said to Jill, he said, your son's got Wayne Gretzky jersey on, right? And Jill said, yeah. She said, he said, I would pick him up and hold on to him because somebody may kidnap him just to get that jersey. Yeah, and you were not very smart to tell everybody where it was right now. I mean, you want to repeat that it's in a vault right now at the bank? (laughs) So anyway, look, I had a great time, and the players were so great. It was, was, but they were competitive games then. Uh, It was competitive games. The game I coached in San Jose, the second one, was the one where Olin Nolan pointed at the net and scored. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was a, that was a bit of a wide open nine, seven affair. But I mean, I put on the ice the last minute of the game. I put this line. I put Gretzky, Lemieux, Messier, coffee. And who was the fifth defenseman? Was it Lid? Uh, it wasn't Lidstrom. It could have been Roman Hammerlick, and they'd have been just fine. No, no, it was more. But it, and, and I remember the crowd going crazy when these five guys come over there. So it's coffee, and it must have—I don't know—it was in the word. I forget who it was, but anyway, it was the best five players in the world at that time, and they stepped on the ice for the final shift of the game. So it was just a fun, just a fun event to be around, you know. You know, Mac, we we can sit here and, and critique uh, what's going on in today's NHL All Star Weekend, and uh, you know whether or not they they try to appease the Instagram people too much or not, and pushing the envelope on what they're doing out there. But the story that you just reiterated with with your son Clark, that's that stuff still happens today whether it'll be mckinnon or mcdavid some nine-year-old is going home incredibly happy after this weekend and and that's i think the one thing that kind of pulls us back to you know why they maybe still do it today yeah you know what i it drives me crazy to watch the games now i i I can't i can't even be bothered to watch it but you know what I, I really see with the players, I, I, like they're having a ball down here in Florida and it's a break. These guys and then people on the outside that pay the money. I know they pay a lot of money for games and that, but to watch guys play. And I was in, on the bench coaching guys that were playing three games in five nights and four games in seven nights and traveling right across the country. This is a break for them. This is a, a mini vacation for them and their families they come down to these events and they have a ball and I don't blame them one bit for that. I really don't blame them one bit. The game is a secondary part of it. The skills competition, 
has become a fun event for the fans. I don't blame them for not pushing it. I really don't. I don't want to really watch it, the game, but I don't blame the players one bit. And I don't blame – to me, it, it's a showcase of the league, and it's all about the players being out there and being around and having a ball. Yeah, and, and the, corp, the corporate companies too. That's a big weekend for, for all the, the major money corporate in. companies that, uh, you know, do a um, – you know, our, our big part of your, your $6 billion industry. Big time. They, and they love being around and they love being in the boxes and they love meeting the players and the players, our guys, and I, I can't speak for other leagues because I haven't been around them, but our guys are still unbelievable ambassadors of our game. They really are. They go out of their way. You know, you watch McKinnon, you watch even Crosby and Ovechkin, uh, you know, going back and forth the last couple of days. And it, I think it's just they, they promote the game. People like to criticize them. We criticize them for their play. We criti- But you can't criticize them for the way they promote our game. I, I'm telling you, I really believe that. Oh, I can't believe some of the things that they're, they're asked to do and they do them. 100%. 100%, you know. So, I, you know what, but it's 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 a great weekend for the league. Now, is this true that they're seriously considering a three-city warm climate cycle to keep the All-Star game in Florida, wherever, Vegas. wherever, California? Vegas. Yeah. Is that is that, is that the idea? The yeah, they're really have- they're really nervous about uh, uh, not having a place where the the guys can feel like they can relax. Yeah, and the enjoy best players themselves. in the league deserve a break too, and the league wants them playing refreshed yeah. and you know. And and I I think it's a great idea, and I just heard it today, and I think it's a really great idea. I think you know it's it's something that where your families can uh, really really enjoy. Like you see, every shot every shot was taken. Uh, of the players at the beach, uh, you know, play at the beach, around the beach, it was it was pretty good. The only who's the mascot in Philly? What's his name? Gritty. 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 I, that's the only thing that bothered me about the weekend. Gritty. Gritty is at the nude beach in Miami, and he <laughs> runs by the sign. He runs by the nude beach sign and throws off his suit and runs into the water. I couldn't believe the Flyers let him do that. Wow. Expose himself like that he on is, the beach. He is technically their biggest oh. star and the only mascot to actually be voted into the All-Star game. <laughs> the fan vote, yeah, he got in. Yeah, he's one of the guys that uh, the league They're wanted They're like, connect me or Gritty. Let's go Gritty. Let's go with the you know more what? popular you know guy, <laughs> Gritty. You know what, Tick? Ticked me off was uh, watching Gritty's hairy body run into the beach. It still looked better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got all that relatable that pickleball stuff going on. You're good now. Yes. Well, oh no, I go. I, as a matter of fact, I had to push my match back till five thirty today because of this damn show. Do we? Anyway, uh, other do, than that, do we dare ask you about uh, trade deadline and whether or not uh, you were surprised at uh, Horvat for uh, for moving this quickly or or what the package was? You know what, I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, look, Islanders got to get in the playoffs. They're four or five points out, whatever it is. They're close. They, they've got to find a way to get back into the playoffs. Lou, Lou is 80 years of age. Why wouldn't he do it? To me, it's an easy deal for them. Uh, Vancouver keeps 25% of the money, firstly. They take Bovillier, forced to take Bovillier, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they had to, to make the money work. And they, they end up stalling a, a draft pick. So 
Vancouver gets a first round pick in it, the kid will be lucky if he plays in five years because it's protected this year. So in other words, Lou will push it back a year for sure. And, uh, you know, the, the Vancouver gets a first round pick that probably will play in five years time. You know, I, I don't, so to me, it was a great pickup for the Islanders. I know if this kid, Roddy becomes a player. He's got seven goals in the American League. What's his second year in the American League? He's got seven goals. I mean, I don't know how good he's going to be. I know people like him. So you hope it works out for Vancouver. You hope the first-round pick. But for me, uh, you know, for the Islanders situation or a Boston situation, Horvat is a great pickup for them. And And they'll get him signed. I'll be shocked if Lou doesn't already. I would say Lou already has a deal done right now for him. But it's not out. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Horvat obviously doesn't know the area or know much about it yet, but um, pretty good place to be stuck for a lot of years. Uh, last one for me is we did, we yeah. haven't got your two cents yet on the Leafs-Bruins game on Wednesday night. Just wanted to know your thoughts. Any major takeaways from that game or uh, without Matthews? Did that affect your opinion? What were your thoughts? That, that, that was a downer for me that you got a matchup like that and the best and your best player, the Leafs' best player, isn't available. It was disappointing. It was to me. It was a no show. The first period, Samsonov made five, six great saves to keep them in it. You know, it wasn't as one sided, but he did have to make some outstanding saves. I thought the Bruins came in on a mission that they were not going to lose to the Leafs in that game. And I guess without Matthews, it makes it a little easier. It's it's look. The Leafs have had a good run. They're going to be a tough team to play. I like Marchand's comments. He. he you know, about Marner. He takes this team serious. The Bruins take the Leafs serious, uh, but I, I'm i bothered by their goaltending still. I don't like the Murray injury problem. Samsonov has been real good, but, geez, I, you're going against Tampa, and you know Vasilevsky is going to be real good. You would think that's going to be the case, and they better figure this out. I know you did a column on it, Nick, but... So okay, I mean, your I, columns, your columns are great, but I I, I don't have to read uh-oh. them because I know everything you're going to say. Uh-oh. I know everything you're going to say. I don't even have to read them anymore. So what? <laughs> wh- where are you on on the goaltending then? Uh, do you just take your chance and say, you know, I made my bed with Matt, uh, Murray and uh, Samsonov, and I, that's just what I'm going to have to roll the dice with, or do you, would you get some reinforcements? I, I think they're I think they're locked in. I mean, you know, I, I don't think they go anywhere with their goaltending. I, I think they're I think he's too stubborn. Number one, um, he thinks he made a, a brilliant move bringing them both in in the summer, and it really looked that way, and it has looked that way a lot of the season until Murray gets hurt, and Samsonov looks shaky at times and looks terrific at times. I, I wouldn't have expected anything different than both them to come in and both them to look great and both them to look shaky at times. I, that's what I would have expected of both them. That's been their careers, both them, other than Murray winning the Stanley Cup. And other than that, it's been a shaky up-down. But I don't know what he can do. Can he? How, how, how does he get another goalie? I, I just don't think it's, yeah. it's going to happen. It's just and not enough time. to war with these guys. There's not enough time and there's not enough space. And I, I think he ends up there. And hey, both of them may. Hopefully, they're good in the playoffs. Hopefully, they're good because they better be good because Vasilevsky is going to be very good. All right, we're going to let you go. Enjoy the uh, the skills competition tonight. It's too bad they didn't make coaches do stuff like when you were. On the I bench. Uh, 
I will I will not be watching the skills either. Although I would encourage all fans to really watch it. And you know, I mean, uh, anyway, forget it. I don't even want to talk about it. Well, that's a really strong finish to <laughs> I'm our be show. Watching. All right, Mac. Go back to your. Uh... You guys have you guys have right. to watch it. That's what I. That's the lucky part of me now. I don't have to watch anything if I don't want to, except because I have to go on this damn show. I have to watch stuff. <laughs> See you later, guys. Thanks for having me on, hey guys. No. I really appreciate. Hey, listen, we really appreciate when you listen when you're on too. <laughs> I love listening to you when I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Doug McLean. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. See ya. Thanks, Doug. Okay. That was, we got it back on the rails, didn't we, there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it's loose definition of rails today. Tough to even find the rails, to be honest. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, are we going to take a quick break here? And- yeah, we'll take a quick break. Okay. I just the, Those all-star games he was talking about, I that, that was like the best. Oh, yeah. When there was... Did they get shelled in nostalgia? Be, sorry? No, the games were great. For him. And it was just the stars were so big. Do, and- I do now remember Ray Bork uh, scoring a yeah, game-winning goal in one. Yeah. Yeah, in, in, in I remember Boston. that too, actually. Yeah. I do remember that. I just, yes. I, I love that. And I, you know how you'd reinvigorate it is go back to USA, or sorry, North America versus the world. The, the world game. versus Russia. Do you think the NHL would sanction that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> remember that? When it, how long did they do that? Where it was the... North America versus you, uh, the world. Oh, Love that, that was seventy nine. No, they did that. The NHL like, Challenge. No, they did that in like in, in the, the two thousand game. Yeah, it was the All Star game. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was. You like, probably covered it for sports. Night. I was. A, I was a kid. <laughs> no, it was a while ago. Like, he was. You know, he would have been just out of the league probably. But they had yeah, it. Kipper worked for sports. Said the second he was out of the league. Kipper, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. This happened. Yeah. Okay. All right. It did. Right. It happened. Yes. yes. I yes, didn't dream this. Okay. YouTube chat, please confirm that this happened. I swear it happened. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take some of your questions on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever you want to throw our way. We're going to do our best to uh, answer them. What is the uh, the, the number, the uh, combination of uh, digits? Oh, 590, 590. Oh. It, it's just fan 590. That's a host. I can't remember that. Twice. Okay, and Chris Cuthbert, too, when we come back. We'll get his thoughts on uh, teeing up tonight's uh, skill competition and the three-on-three game tomorrow. You are watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Great daily gambling advice from Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert in the fan morning shows Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right. We're like three and a half hours to skills competition. I'm going to have the PVR set, buddy. So it is one of those things where you could easily have it in the background, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not really... Like I'm talking about people our age. Yeah, if you miss, if you're in my you're group okay. here, or are you too, are you younger? I Where don't, are you? I don't this? know. I think I'm in your group. Where? How old are you again? I'm 40. Oh yeah, you're on the other side <laughs> yeah. for sure. Okay, good. All right, and there's another guy on our side. Chris Cuthbert's uh, kind enough to join us. Uh, CC, thanks for doing this, man. And uh, we're just discussing where we are on uh, uh, the new wave here. And, of course, you're trying to create a uh, an attraction to a newer generation. And for many, it, it works. But uh, 
What are your thoughts going into tonight's skills competition? If, if you guys are on the other side, I, I'm, 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 I'm way out there I guess, <laughs> uh, at my age. But uh, listen, you know what? I, I, I hear you, and, and, and I sort of feel the same. But I, I'm a hockey fan, and I this is the one weekend of the year I go to work as a fan. And uh, I, I love the, the celebration of the game. I love the fact that uh, we'll see Sidney Crosby line up with Alex Ovechkin this weekend, and we get to watch Dreisaitl and McDavid together or Rantanen and McKinnon. Uh, you know, every, every team or the Kachuk brothers will line up together. So, you know, uh, I'll, uh, I'll take the positives and, uh, and try not to get bogged down with the fact that it really isn't a whole lot like, uh, like the hockey we love uh, come playoff time. Chris, throughout the season, you know, you're watching the, a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs games, and you've been watching them for a lot of years here. What have you seen in the evolution of their superstars? We were giving them a letter grade this season earlier on our show, and, you know, they're, a different, they're different players than they were when they entered the league. I'm sure you've noticed that, too. What do you see as different with these guys than when they were the young superstars? Well, I, I guess the best example is Austin Matthews, and, and you blew me away the other day with that stat about uh, – his defensive plays and how far ahead he is of the rest of the right, field, yeah. including Patrice Bergeron. I mean, that was uh, that that that's a striking stat, and I'm 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 driving in for the game thinking, well, does that mean he's the Selkie Trophy winner? Right. Uh, you know, and, and and so, but you know, to answer the question, obviously he has uh, become a more complete player. I I you know I'm still trying to, and you guys I think have talked about this. Uh, uh, trying to decide has there been an injury that's held him back a little bit this year prior to the knee that we all now know about, but, uh, or is it just a complete commitment to uh, uh, the defensive end of the game? I, I know, you know, in the final game before he got hurt, he was leading all forwards and shot blocks. I mean, that's not the guy that uh, lined up in his rookie year. And I, I, I think you see a, 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 a a bigger hunger maybe, or, 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 or more team play from, from, from Mitch Marner. And, and, you know, it's just not all about the points and, uh, and, you know, the way he's become a great penalty killer in the last couple of years and, and the guy that's improved the most uh, this season and, and should be down here um, is, is William Nylander. Who's, who's really taken his game to another level. Chris, uh, Wednesday night, uh, I, we're all impressed by the Boston Bruins, but was there anything different that that added some some sprinkles on top of the Sunday with them? Because it's a game they came in as a as a mini slump, uh, and uh, there's uh, distractions of guys going to All Star or going on vacation. And uh, man, they were real business like on on Wednesday night. Just what your thoughts were for for Boston and what it means to the Leafs and maybe what it means to Kyle Dubas for the next 30 days. Yeah, it certainly gave him something to think about. Now I'd, I'd ask you though, you know, you're going into the break and I agree with you. I think Boston, because of their situation and they got three games, three days off prior to that game, which the Leafs did too. But I, I know talking to some people in Boston that, that they really targeted the Florida game because they didn't like their chances the next night going into Carolina. They did get blown out by Carolina mm. for the most part. And and so they really did, uh, you know, retool, refocus, 
to not go into the break uh, with another loss. And, and you know, I, I think the Leafs obviously wanted to play well, but uh, as the game went on, it was getting away from them. I guess what really impressed me the most is, uh, is from a Boston point of view, they got beat by... Uh, as much by the Pavel Zakas and, and their, their blue line defensemen uh, adding some offense. And, you know, it was the unsung guys that were, uh, they didn't get beat by Pasternak and Marchand as much as they got beat by, uh, by the, uh, the bottom six guys. So maybe there's a message there. They got to be better in the bottom six or, or they got to raise the ante in the top six and move people down. And, uh, you know, that was a tough night for Sandine and Lilligren and certainly going to give uh, Kyle Dubas and the Leaf Brass pause about whether they can be a, a, a starting tandem in the, in the postseason. You know, it, it's interesting you mentioned Sandine and Lilligren. I thought uh, your co-host there, Simmer, did a really great job of um, highlighting, you know, that it had been an off night for them, and I thought it was an honest assessment you know, you look around the NHL at a lot of play-by-play and color people, and, you know, there are blatant homers out there. I think Jack Edwards gets a lot of heat for that sometimes. Do you feel any pressure to root for the Canadian teams or to not root for the Canadian teams? Does it does it affect how you try to do your job? Well, we're in a unique position because uh, even though a lot of the Leaf games, so we do all the – we do the – the quote-unquote regional Leaf games, mm. but many of them become national. And, uh, and uh, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on social media anymore, but I found a, that a third of the people were uh, upset that we were pro-Leaf, and another third were upset we were, we were not pro-Leaf enough. And <laughs> the other third aren't too sure what to think of me. But, uh, you know, we are kind of caught in, I, I guess, when I started uh, way back when at the Canadian Sports Network in the 80s, I mean, they were rigid about no homerism and uh you know i i'd get heck if i said uh it's the flame it's the leafs one and boston nothing if i if i didn't say leafs and bruins or boston and toronto uh you might be showing some kind of partisanship so i i mean that's that's the era i come from hmm. uh clearly i know that uh, on most nights uh, on a leaf broadcast most of the fans are are toronto but uh I also know there's a lot of people that are watching because they've been Boston Bruin fans since Bobby Orr came into the league, and and there's lots of Canadian guys on on every team in the NHL. So you know you, you just try and respect the game, but you also keep in mind what you what and who your audience is. We're talking to Chris Cuthbert, the voice of Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, CC, we had a discussion the other day about. Uh, Connor McDavid and not so much, you know, what he's just doing on the ice, but whether or not he gets the attention that he deserves. And I can't remember uh, whether it was on Instagram or, or an article that I read, but some of the players were like, he's the most dominant guy in any league right now uh, in his sport. And I don't know if it, they felt like he was being underappreciated or he's just not getting the credit he deserves. And I know Justin made the point that, you know, and Sam, that it, Canada's fine, but south of the border, man, do they really know who this guy is or, or what he's doing? Yeah, if, it was, if he was in, a, in an Eastern market, it would help. If he was in an American market, it would, it would make a big difference. I mean, even just sitting here getting ready for for this weekend 
And, and two things blew me away about what he's done so far this year. I'll give you two stats. Uh, one, that he has, what, 90 points or what? He has more points than J.B. Ben had when he won the scoring title seven years ago. That's And, and we're just at the All-Star break. <laughs> and the other one is he has 46 power play points. There are only two teams in the league right now, and he plays for one of them, who have more than 46 power play goals this season. So he, he's like a he, he is he's just way beyond everybody else this year, and, and you know I was I was certain well I was I had plenty of company in in voting for Austin Matthews last year I I, I believed and and the players ended up backing it up that Austin Matthews had the best season last year but uh, you know it's it's probably going to be unanimous for for Connor McDavid this year and. And uh, there might be some splaining to do if if it isn't unanimous. You know, you're uh, you know you mentioned that you do the Leafs regionals, so you watch them all the time. Are you ever just thankful that you're not calling like a Blue Jackets game or something? I guess they got a superstar or two uh, as well, but it is unique, right, to follow a team so closely that has so many superstars. And I know they're not on McDavid's level, who's having the exceptional season this year, but boy, it's just a fun team to watch. It must make your job easier when it's actually enjoyable to be watching this team. Well, it is. You know, I, I was thinking about that the other day because uh, for for thirty of of almost forty years doing it, uh, it was only I was only doing national games, and then uh, and then you start to do in in my case Ottawa for a while, and and uh, and it was Ottawa when they were going to the playoffs, and 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 now the Leafs for the last. Uh, few years and 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 yeah your job is so much easier you watch some of the other regional games with with teams that are already probably out of the playoffs or thinking about Connor Bedard and right. and 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 that you know that uh, possibility is intriguing but uh, you know i think that that's got to be pretty frustrating 82 games a year uh, uh, when you know it's not leading anywhere and doesn't have the potential to lead somewhere. And I guess the other good part for me and, and selfishly is uh, we get to keep going. So let's get to the playoffs where it really becomes special. And, uh, and uh, obviously everybody anxious to find out if, if this is the year where, where the script is different. Chris, one last one for me. And that is uh, if, if you got a, any buzz at all on, on, what we could see tonight in the skills competition. We were talking earlier in the show that these guys have stopped being athletes tonight and they turn into entertainment uh, performers and the pressure that they may feel now to not only uh, get the job done, but not be embarrassed. Yeah, there's uh, it's, it's, it's an entertainment night uh, from what I hear. I, I am intrigued that I mentioned, we'll see, uh, uh, Crosby and Ovechkin together tonight too, which is kind of neat. In in one of those, David Pasternak's going to give us uh, uh, something a little bit different. Uh, you know, I was I was upset last year because I thought Trevor Zegers gave the league exactly what they wanted, and the league kind of prearranged that the local guy Alex Petrangelo in Vegas would win the event. While Zegers provided the highlight that went viral for for everybody and i don't know if we'll get a viral moment tonight but uh uh, mitch marner will be involved but uh i think uh, you know i don't want to give it away but mitch might might have agreed to get upstage tonight we'll find out if that's the case or not and and uh let's just say uh, there might be some miami vice and happy gilmore overtones to the evening (laughs) let's go
<laughs> I don't really so know where to go from there. They're, they're trying to they're trying to appeal to us. There you go. I'm in. Well, I'm we, in. You we sold me. Have to stick around for that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate your time. Have fun down there. All right, guys. Enjoy uh, driving in on game days. Listening to you, it's great. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's Cheers. Chris Cuthbert, one of the best voices you'll ever find calling a hockey game, and we're lucky to have him here at uh, Sportsnet. Yeah. Absolutely, and we do appreciate the uh, the mentions on some of the broadcasts. He it's, is and I, a great promoter for us. I yeah. cannot believe you called him a homer and you compared him to uh, <laughs> yeah, Boston. Yeah, yeah, that was not the framing. The, That's how I caught the it. The framing was, you're not a homer. Is there pressure to be one? Holy mackinac! <laughs> Thank you. There's the biggest <laughs> one right there. No. Okay, all right. My goodness! I had people message me after the Bruins-Leafs game and were like, what was with that pro Bruins broadcast? And I was like, oh, I don't know. The They're team better. beat the pants off the Leafs <laughs> yeah. that night. I mean. Um, so CC mentioned Connor Bedard in one of his answers, and it reminded me. I just wanted to give you guys a quick update on his stats. Now, he's a, the junior player. Yes, he's, <laughs> yes, he's the guy that's rather good. Uh, do you know these stats, Kipper? I, do I know his stats? Yeah, do you know what he's at? Wow, well, yeah, they're off the charts. I know that. So he's played 36 games this year yeah. for the so, Pats. So point per game would be 36, okay. He's at 90 or something. <laughs> he is. He's at 90 points. He's got, four, <laughs> he's got 44 goals and 46 uh, assists in, in 36 games. Yeah. 90 points in 36 games? That, uh, How old is he? That 18? pales 17? in comparison to selling out buildings now. Yeah, but he's got a little Elvis going on. I Listen, I don't want to give the competition ideas, but they've got the junior hockey rights these days. If I was... Well, that, we had them. Uh, we used to have we them. We gave them to them. We know. We used to have them, and I... <laughs> There's nothing that fired up junior markets like getting to be on the national television. Like, that wow, was such like, a huge thing. Yeah. But I will say, if I was them, I'd be following him every game. I, no matter where he's going, Friday night is Connor Bedard yeah, night. Not, well, first of all, it's not that easy. I go, well, it's my... Right? And it's expensive. And, I understand all this. Right? But there's a lack... The lack... Are the, are the network's not brimming with extra money? <laughs> Listen, you look at the states with college basketball, and it's, you know, it's like... If Listen, there's a big star, every once those in a team while, gets to play on is. the biggest games. Yep. Like, if you're broadcasting it, this guy is unbelievable. He is like a Connor McDavid. You'd want to have people seeing him. Anyways, you that's do, just my... But in general, Junior's a tough sell. And I'm yeah. not talking about the World Championships because that is just a built-for-Christmas time. And, you know, give credit to TSN. They've done a nice job building the hype of it. But... The majority of the people in Canada who are marginally hockey fans, mm-hmm. you know, know Connor McDavid. They know Austin Matthews. They know, uh, you know, everybody that are the top stars in their respective NHL clubs. But you'd be hard pressed for people to still know who Connor Bedard is in this country. No, mm. no question. As, as a sales, does Jimmy Kimmel know who Connor hey, Bedard is? <laughs> like, like, are you telling me now if TSN followed him around, they would get? Four or five hundred thousand people watching junior hockey. I think your ratings would definitely go up big time. After what he did at the World Juniors, no. that goal against Slovakia, the I, numbers, I, I, the buzz. I disagree. You, I you disagree. There's much. There's, you those are hard numbers, me. Sammy. <laughs> selling junior hockey, selling CHL hockey once a week is a tough sell in this country. Uh, an easier sell if you're showing the best prospects yeah. since, you know, sliced bread. I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not arguing that, but to the point where it makes it worth its while to mm. to broadcast a live event for two and a half hours nationally. But if you're doing it anyway, they're doing it every week. Yeah. Anyway. I guess if you're doing it anyway, might as well do Bedard games. But to your point, it takes a lot of people to put on a broadcast. Like you're paying, I don't know, a dozen people minimum. It's a lot. I love anyway. it. Yeah. I just, I watched part of the game when he was involved and I would never have flicked it on otherwise. Yeah. Right, like I love junior hockey, but I'm not going to tune into you know Kitchener and Hamilton on a Friday. But if Connor Devo- Bedard's involved, I might flick it on. Right. Anyways, uh, you want to do some questions and stuff? Sure. All right. So we got a lot of sort of uh, off the, you know, not just hockey questions, and oh. I actually love this one. Uh, we got nothing else on the balloon. No. <laughs> what, what the, I don't know what the hell that means, but oh, the balloon. No, the, the balloon. balloon. Yeah. I thought that was one of your old timey sayings. That we got nothing on. This is the balloon. Uh, where am I? Okay. So this is from KM on Twitter. Dr. Philosophical. Okay, boys. Most important question. What's your go-to food choice when you're at the arena? First off, thanks to Dr. Philosophical, a regular tweeter, commenter who I enjoy. Um, dog guy, easy dog guy. Got to dog it up. Get a glizzy. I'll go lamb chops in the uh, alumni <laughs> That's why I asked it. You, Atlantic you, or Pacific salmon? Yeah. Which sushi, is your sushi and red wine? And a... Yes. Oh. By the way, the people ahead of us, so I took my son to his first game a couple weeks ago. You know, we get a bag of popcorn, whatever, and the, like, row of middle-aged men ahead of us was drinking red wine. And, like, I don't That's... know if they're real wine glasses, like those, the stemless, or if they're, like, plastic pseudo-wine plastic. glasses. Yeah. But, no, like, you're not out of glass. No glass. Yeah, but they're, you know, four dudes just drinking red wine. Nice has got nice I legs. Like, I, I don't I know. Like hey, the game has changed. <laughs> the well, game doesn't change Kimber, in you Toronto. Said, you sent us a video of a couple new season ticket holders in the lower bowl yesterday that maybe wouldn't have been too. Oh, yeah. They'd had a couple glasses around. They wine. did. <laughs> oh, that they video did. is... That, uh, Was that... That doesn't, uh, that doesn't give me much uh, uh, reassurance of the next gen, <laughs> the next generation. I was, like, doing something when you sent that, and I need to watch this. So is this... The, whose video is this? I don't know. It was, on six it, was a, it was a couple that uh, were at the Leaf game. Yeah. And they looked a little greased up. Maybe yeah. too many glasses of wine. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching it now, for those of you oh who aren't on YouTube. Oh, oh she seems to be sending quite a message <laughs> to section, uh, I don't know. That's just pure class. 102. Okay. The kind of woman you take home to mom. All Anyways. Right. Six okay. buzz TV what else we got? This is from uh, Staley's on Twitter. Would the league benefit from going back to seeing the playoffs one by eight by conference, or is this just a Toronto-centric idealism? No, the league would benefit 100%. Okay. You cannot, and I'm with you on this, Sammy. I mean, it took me a while here, but, like, this is horrible that we've got three months to tee up a first-round playoff match. Give three the best months. teams the best chance to advance. Like, We'd like to see the best teams go deeper you, in the playoffs and be rewarded you, for the regular are, season. You, 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 listen, this is a strong market. We know it's the strongest market. Robust. Okay. Uh, people... Aren't that interested in every single game now, knowing that they just have to wait for Tampa and Toronto? Yeah. They've, th- there's some people that are checked out, if not mildly checked out. We're lucky the trade deadline is so late because after that, there's a bit of a black hole. Oh, there's a gap. You know, until April 17th, I think so is the last day of the season. Here, here is 
if we went back to the old system of 1 to 16, who are the Leafs facing? Oh, 1, one to, to 16. Eight, I love, no, or, 1 oh, to 16. 1 to 16. You know, because a lot Let of it look was right transportation I, I think, related. I think Minnesota. Did you look this up already, Kipper? No, but so somebody five, mentioned it to me. So three would play 13 probably. Who is it? Yeah, Washington. Washington. Oh, Washington? Okay. Yeah, they got Minnesota below them and Edmonton above okay, them. Okay, so I oh, missed it. Oh, Leafs at Edmonton. First Let's round? Go. Like, oh, I would love that. What a I series. Get, I, I know it's a cost thing. But it's different. Transportation, I understand it's so expensive to fly a bit farther. But, like, you know, you're not flying in these uncomfortable charter, you know, or sorry, like. You're not flying with commercial. With people. You're not flying commercials, the word yeah. I'm looking for. You're not staying in a Motel 6. It's cost. What what is the additional cost of flying from here to Edmonton? Flying to who are they going to play? Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> you know, is it? Well, what's the difference? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the metro. Then that you get to save all the money in, right? I guess Islanders, Jersey, New York. Yeah, I suppose you know you, you're looking at Vegas is going to play who Edmonton or something. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, thoughts of Seattle playing. Yeah. L.A., you know, I mean, the yeah, the, California, you I understand Vancouver. I just don't think that's enough to say we are now going to turf the most logical playoff format that's best for the teams because but, of cost. Uh, again, I mean, you run the risk, and I know it's it's been focused on the Atlantic Division the last few years, right? Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. They're yeah. not only the best teams in the Atlantic Division, they're the best teams in the league. But you gotta absolutely, at all costs, find a way to not eliminate a top five team in the first round by having them play each other. Yeah. That can never happen again. That should not happen. The NBA, you know, say what you will about that league. The best teams generally win. Just they're able to get the ball in the hands of LeBron in the big moments, you know, like that sort of thing. So they, they have their best teams make it deeper, and then you have more compelling f- matchups later on. You don't have the Habs playing the Stars in the final or whatever it was last time. <laughs> Lightning. Lightning. There's Dallas in the final the next year. Yes. No, it was the year before. 2020 was whatever. Dallas and uh, the point. T- Tampa in the, in the final. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, Asterix Cup. So yep. they don't have. All right, what else you got for us? Okay, so you don't want to hear about me uh, taking away from cups from the Tampa Bay Lightning? <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. Um, here's an impossible question to answer, but I feel like we haven't really done a lot of this on the show, and it's a comparing eras question. How many goals would Gretzky get if he played in 2023 against these goalies? So Gretzky's still Gretzky to me. Like, he's he's McDavid. He's still that guy, like with the training and the equipment and everything else. I, I don't know. I'm not this guy. I, I think probably his numbers would drop. Well, like if you took 1983 Wayne Gretzky with his those skates and that stick and dropped him into today, yeah, his numbers yeah. drop. But if he's able to have everything that McDavid has, the training, yeah, and I the don't gear disagree. The, I mean, he's the the greatest strength he had was his mind yeah. and the uh, predictability of what was going to happen next. Yeah, think about how Mitch Marner does it. Better than anyone else. You know, that sort of thing where you're not relying so on he, brawn. He, or... he would have excelled. Yeah. But now the average goalie's 6'4". And... My favorite thing to imagine is dropping current Ovechkin with current gear and stick 
and dropping him in 1980 and just letting him take or, slap or shots. Or he could have ended up with 300 points because all those goalies play the reverse uh, VH. Yeah. And, they all, and his... His behind the net, behind the net coming around, <laughs> going down right over their shoulders. Also, Ovi may not have made it out of 1982. If he did the hot stick celebration oh my God. on one, the boys would have just... <laughs> Does it beside Billy Smith? He just chops his head yeah. off with his... No. The, for, <laughs> Literal for me, beheading. Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Like, Mario would have been... Yeah. Uh, he, he would have had, no question, the same type of effect offensively. Yeah, well, for, now for that me. they put his soul in Tage Thompson's body, we get to watch it in real time. So it's great. All right. We got another one? Yeah, I think I know your thoughts. I got a lot. I, know, I think I probably know both of your thoughts on this, but I'm going to get them anyway. Thoughts on Connor Garland for the Leafs' two wing, uh, t- sorry, second line left wing spot. <laughs> Smaller side, whoever skates well, four checks, and goes to the net and ability to score goals. Allow you to add size for 3C position, plus pushes Yaron Kroc to third left wing and camp to four center. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I'm not a Garland fan. I actually am. He makes five million dollars for the next three years or something like that. It's like the, yeah. he's undersized. Hmm. Thank you for confirming what I thought you guys would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't dislike the player, but too much money. Let me not ask you big. guys: uh, with Bo Horvat off, what is the who's the biggest name out there right now? Meyer, and this is perfect Chicken. question. This is a perfect question from Muzz on Twitter, who always interacts with us a lot. Top pick for from each of you guys for the left wing second, uh, the left wing two position, and another D man addition. The top pick for each of you, Matthias Eckholm is my D man. Mm-hmm. He's a great defender, offensive upside, larger. Love him. Um, Timo Meyer is also a larger guy who scores and shoots it a bunch, and gotta like those things. Uh, yeah, I mean Timo. Can we name someone not named Timo Meyer? Like, who's the next option out there for these guys? I, I go get Kraus out of Arizona. I, oh. I, I wrote about that a while ago. But yeah. JVR, no, <laughs> no, no. Another guy who just, just won't look at someone that, else and they're angry. I mean, we've I got Engvall. I yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> You're going to compare Engvall to JVR? Like I know Favorably JVR right now. I come don't on. take Engvall J- over him right now. JVR needs the power play, does he not? JVR is a, listen, I have drawn comparisons to JVR in my career, my hockey career, so I have a soft spot for him. But what I'll say Or you're just soft. Yeah, soft, big, and can score. That's pretty much my MO. Um, uh, JVR, there's, he is a a guy around the net, point producer around the net, right? Soft hands around the net. Yes. Needs the power play. Yeah, guess what's always killed him in in the playoffs? Their power play and the lack of scoring. I mean, so who's is he, coming is he, out? Is he, is he better than Mitch Marner coming on, the, out? On, so, on the power so, play then? Uh, you make two units, and you have one that has JVR in front of the net with his soft hands tucking him home, backhand. See, for me, if I got power play issues, I think it stems from the back end. Me too. And I think uh, Chikrin would fix that. At least Ekholm can do both. You so, know? Uh, he's Muzzin. He'd be the, the, the guy replacing Muzzin. Yeah. But Ekholm can't quarterback a power play i do wonder how much the leafs can do here at the deadline in terms of moving money around like that muzzin money is pretty significant you know guys actual cost is significantly less at that point in the season like they could probably add a couple of guys you know assuming they moved i would think they need multiple moves to to make people believe that they're 
going to be ready to yeah. challenge. The one thing about Timo I want to mention here is I just that need you. I just need you to take back that JV, JVR is a better player than Pierre Engvall. Today? No, like it's yeah, just if, like if compare, you could have Engvall no. or JVR, you no. take JVR today. JVR, yeah, I don't J- know if he's yeah. healthy, uh, and he's Engvall's faster than JVR. Yeah, yeah he plays with pace. He carries it up the ice. JVR is not forechecking. He's not hitting people back. Like <laughs> Sam's J- dying J- right it's now. Over. <laughs> JVR as a Leaf is over. Okay. I wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't hate it. One thought. On he was a great Leaf. He was a great Timo Leaf. Top 100 Leaf. Yeah. Coming to Toronto or going to the Rangers, it's like he's got a he's got a ten million dollar qualifying offer. Yeah. So, are you prepared to qualify him? At ten million dollars, do you think if you qualify him, he's not a valuable trade piece at that point? No, not at ten million bucks. He's a ten million dollar winger. I mean, he's—I don't want him at ten million dollars moving forward. I wonder forward. if you could extend him. You know, the way that Kakaniemi signed for six or whatever with Carolina, his QO would have had to be there, but they gave him a longer term at four. Okay, so it's not ten, it's longer but it's term. not six and a half either. Right. So. I would, I would think, five. I would think he'd be in the ballpark of eight, mm-hmm. eight and a half. Uh, can the Leafs go there? Well, you can be over the cap in the summer, and then you got to trade someone. You know, whether it is the Meyer contract at that point, or would you would you take Ooh. Timo long term and then uh, move out Nylander? because no. you can't avoid uh, no. that, that's ten, basically ten the conversation you'd be having. I don't want to do that. It would be interesting. Let's say I don't they, want. I don't want to trade William Nylander after he's having the one year we all dreamt of him ever having. But how about this? So they trade for Timo. They extend him for whatever, six times 8.23, number I made up. Then they have... What number? What is it? 6.8. Sorry, six times 8 million. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 8 million or whatever. And then you say to everyone, I got one gently used William Nylander who's 27 years old and just scored 90 points. What does the return on that look like? I I think it... Would look really good. Really good. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you've got Meyer under contract. You get back the assets you spent to get Meyer, and you get them both for this year. And you take the extra money and you you get a defenseman. Let's go. Listen, I love Willie Nylander. He's been wonderful. But if they don't get out of the Boo. first round, someone's gone. Boo. Yeah. For for Timo Meyer to have any future here, somebody's gotta go. Yes. Or the or the cap's gonna go way and, up. And <laughs> you know, way up. do we think that you'd rather have Nylander than Timo Meyer? But you don't want Nylander. How at much more? Ten and a half million dollars or eleven million dollars? Yeah, absolutely. Which he he scores ninety and he scores forty yeah, plus goals. He, like listen, he's, he's in that ballpark. He's not having guys. this. He's not having this season in a career. It's not his. It's not a contract year. He's having this year before. If he was having this year next year and he had had like an average Willie Nylander year, do you understand that? Like. It's like that, that, that saying that the 50, uh, you know, 50, 40's the new 50 or 50's the new whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the same way it is with free agency. You, you don't even, you almost think of that last year. It's, it's the new Matthew Kachuk rule, guys. Where you don't want that guy playing out the last year you don't, or you get Bo Horvat return. Exactly. 
That's what's going to happen, and you don't want that scenario. God, so it's either you're going to you're going to know July first where this thing's heading with Matthews and Nylander really quick. No, I don't agree with you on that. You're all over that that Nylander and Matthews. Yeah, I think have, you know what? they should trade. Pasternak should get traded from Boston now because they haven't signed him yet, and like they better they don't want to risk losing there, him for nothing. No they better reason, sign. They better trade him. You know, unless you're adamant on not signing a short term deal and you're f- trying to jam a seven or eight year deal down their throats. Like you should know by July 1st what's going on. See, I don't know about that. Why? Like, well, I, I think if I'm one of those guys, I want to see what the team looks like. Like, have they made moves in the off season to significantly change it? Am I confident we're going to win? How do the, you know, if you, tr- that's another thing here is if you trade all the futures, do you understand that? Like, that's not, that's not Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk and Johnny were like, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. I don't care what the team looks like. I don't know how care. I don't care how close you think it is to a cup. I don't want to play here anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, you know, you find it hard to believe. I don't can't think of that ever happening in Toronto. Well, they've, know, it's- they've never really been in this position before. I mean, the last the last guys to get away with it and saying all the right things in the last year and kind of feeding the media like there's a chance when there was no chance at all, Johnny Gaudreau and John Tavares mm-hmm. in the island. Yeah. He knew that last year. Tavares did. Yes. Oh, no way. Are you nuts? Are you? You think he knew he wasn't going to stay and he screwed the team? hundred. I don't think he screwed the team. He was within his rights to play out his contract and test free agency. I don't think he screwed the team over. Do I think he said stuff to alleviate the pressure of mm. dealing with it? And did he kind of, you know, manipulate his words so people wouldn't, you know, make a big deal out of it? 100%. Mm. And Johnny did the same thing in Calgary. Mm. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, I like it here. And, you know, we'll just see where it goes. And, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. So no. you think if. They, Matt, they're they're boy. Or doing that next year. That's what's happening. That they're just I, that, that would, I, I would be, I would be really weary of that. Yeah. And at least Matthew Kachuk had the, the guts to, to tell the management that you, I'm not coming back next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dubois we did it Dubois early. did it earlier. So should, so I go back to my further question, Boston trade. And, and right you know, now? what's going to happen now right now is, is any any star player that does that in his last year and doesn't sign, like they'll roast him. Yeah, and and, and the Islanders did that a little bit with Johnny early in the in the first few years. What's that? Roasting Re- him? Yeah. First, they hate right? him, Kip. They hate him. It's like he can't they even enjoy him. the year those years of his and, career and, yet. And now, like so, so they're like, like Tavares was a big deal in. The island. He should. He sh- when he retires, he should be able to go back there and hold his head high. Of course, he should. He's I, a wonderful. But, but I don't think the Islander fans will let him do that. I agree. Right? Well, not yet. Which, which I respect. I no, don't respect no. that at all. No, no, oh no, 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 no. my. No, no. Well, what's but, he supposed to do? Who's he? You know, he's supposed to. He did what he was supposed to do, but you're not. You're allowed to absolutely hate his guts. Yeah. Hate his guts for what? It's like it's like here in Toronto yeah. with like Vince Carter, and for they're what? like. For not so letting us say- know, or or uh, we could have traded you for a first rounder. We could have gotten some value for you. You you walked out on us, and we got nothing for you. 
That's so, the bitterness. Yeah, there's, there can be some of that bitterness, but you have to understand the thing you just said, that he is within his rights. He doesn't have to get traded to They don't care about that, though. They don't see it that but way. It's not the a fans don't see it that way. It's a loyalty play. Yeah, but it's and not you were disloyal term. to us. I'm talking as a business deal right. and as someone that uh, has gone through process as, a, as an athlete and knowing my rights yeah. and how it uh, benefit me. They don't see that. The fans don't see that. They, they see a guy that screwed them over. Yeah, to me, that's not... I, I understand the being upset about it, not liking the way it went down, but... I am. I think there's more of a human element where they should be able to see, you know, that the players. You know just where doing the human the element is right now. Calgary fans having no issues with Matthew Kachuk right now. Yeah. No issues. Yeah. No. I listen. He handled it well. And I think now markets will want to see it as handled mm-hmm. as well as Matthew Kachuk. He set the bar. All right. What about pasta? You, answer, you didn't answer my question, Kipper. What's they that? Should, they should trade him, right? Because they don't know if he's going to resign, Boston. I, I think he's. I think he's going to resign. Oh, okay, okay. Just like Matthews, here. and he's going to take less too. Oh yeah, just like because, Matthews, because Brad Marchand told him. Okay, enjoy All Star Weekend, everybody. We're back Monday. Thanks for listening and watching, Real Kipper and Born. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.